I speak to you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, I have always assumed that the man in today's gospel was beset by demons of some kind, and because of that, he was driven out of society, out beyond the boundaries to live alone with his sorrows. But this week, I can't help but wonder if it's the other way around. Did society make clear to the man that he did not fit, was not wanted, treated like an outsider, and so the man became vulnerable, unprotected by community, open to demons who prey on those who are alone, those who are vulnerable. He's out there all by himself in a region already considered back of the beyond, a place where only Gentiles lived, filled with unclean people and unclean pigs. And now he lives outcast among the tombs, an even more unclean place. And he's been overtaken by an unclean spirit and oppressed by the other garrisons who have tried to control him by keeping him under guard and bound with chains and shackles. Whenever he breaks free from society's shackles, he heads to the only place that will have him, the graveyard. He's so bereft, so vulnerable, that he wanders without clothes howling by himself, harming himself, because he is so beset, so outcast, so alone. And how many others, how many others have had to live among the tombs How many, how many black people have been driven there by slavery and racism, violent attacks, our insistence that race doesn't matter anymore, even as we see beautiful black bodies harmed and killed over and over and over? How many women have been sent to the graveyard after being told to smile more, to act like a lady, asked what they were wearing, what they were doing out so late, after hearing of yet again another rapist given a paltry six-month sentence. How many gay and lesbian, bisexual and transgender people have been forced back out to the tombs after having their lives, their love, debated endlessly in state houses, told what bathrooms they can use, told that they are sick, 
after seeing one of their sacred, one of our sacred spaces desecrated last Sunday by a madman, after seeing their own slaughtered. There are others, of course, but just how many? How many of us live among the tombs, blamed for being there, told that we're there because our demons are too disruptive and that if we cannot behave, we will be shackled? How many of us are there howling among the dead, believing that we are forgotten, worthless, alone? This week, <clears throat> this week I've been living among the tombs. Vulnerable, grieving, wandering alone among the dead. Perhaps you've been there too. I've been wandering, vulnerable, filled with demons of fear and grief and self-preoccupation, yes, forced there by the actions of a madman acting out violently what has too often been accepted in our public speech and our political posturing, the conviction that some people are worth less than others. So I've wandered from tombstone to tombstone, talking to the dead, cut off from the living. I know that there are others out here among the graves, beset by their own demons, but demons keep us from seeing, from hearing one another. So if you were there this week and I didn't say hello, I'm sorry. Here's the thing though, here's the thing. When everyone else has determined that the man plagued by demons must be outcast, Jesus, in his mercy, brings the man back into relationship so that he can be who he is truly called to be. Jesus goes to the outer reaches. He has crossed every boundary that society says there is. He's crossed them all to be with the very person others have deemed unclean. Jesus sees the man and he sees his beauty and his worth and he calls him back to himself, calls him back to relationship. And after that, the man is clothed and he's in his right mind and he's sitting at the feet of Jesus.
Surprisingly, though, this transformation is not welcomed by his community. They are afraid. They are afraid and they tell Jesus to leave. They're not ready. They're not ready for their prejudices to be overturned. They're not ready for their lives, their society to be transformed. They know what to do with the man when he fits their conceptions of him. Raving, dangerous, dirty, naked, but they don't know how or they do not want to see him in this new way. To find a way to shift their society to include him. But friends, we do not have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid. Instead of tombs, let's bring people into relationship. Let us act like Jesus by seeing the beauty in one another. Let's make space for one another. We know how to do that. I saw it this week so many times, people seeing each other, really seeing one another, making space for each other. It's all that saved me, what saved so many of us this past week. Beautiful signs of community, of refusing to treat ourselves and others as outcasts. Last Sunday night at the hastily planned standing room only vigil, there was a young woman on the stage with me, Rima, executive director of the Muslim Alliance. She came to read a statement condemning the massacre in Orlando. I watched her as she went up to the podium and she looked very alone and her hands were shaking as she read the prepared statement. And then I saw this packed room of beautiful gay and lesbian and bisexual and transgender people and all of our allies. I saw those beautiful people start to clap and then everyone stood up in a standing ovation and they were making clear that this community would not make outcasts of her community. And then again, when we held a prayer service at the cathedral, people came together, Jewish and Muslim, Sikh, Protestant, Roman Catholic. The speakers represented a broad spectrum of faiths and no faith and all said wonderful things. But the moment that broke my heart and again beckoned me away from the tombs was seeing Rima again and Jason, the president of Indie Pride, decide to go to the podium together this time. A Muslim woman and a gay man standing shoulder to shoulder, reading their words of hope, alternating paragraph by paragraph. 
making clear to a demon-plagued world that they would not be separated. They would not be sent to howl among the tombstones alone, but they would stand together. They would stay in community with each other. I think that's what good news looks like. Good news looks like crossing boundaries, going out to the back of beyond where people do not expect us to go, where we're told that they, the other, the ones not like us, that's where they live and they should be left there in order to keep ourselves safe. But beloved, let's leave our tombs. Let's find one another among the graves and let's join hands and bring one another into relationship. Let us seek out the very ones who have been ostracized, left out, kicked out. Let's cross all the boundaries. And let's follow Jesus wherever he leads.